Welcome to the Positive Star Wars Monthly Cine Podcast. Lucky, lucky, Cine Time. It's a Jedi arriving. Two newcomers in Ryan and Chris. So Hi there, I'm Chris. We're getting all um, uh, sound effects or claps and that kind of stuff. We do that. Hopefully, Ricky will be joining us later. Um, no thunderous applause. Yes, exactly. That's how um, democracy dies. So we don't want to yeah. kill the <laughs> we don't want to kill the episode off too quickly, do we? So what we normally do at the top top of the show is we normally go round the table and have a talk about people's Star Wars in the last month, since the last uh, time we chatted. Star Wars, any form, things you brought, things you read, things you heard, things you thought about, whatever, that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll go around the table, one at a time. The man who never knew she lets me down in terms of things that he's brought since last month is Ron. So we will start with Ron this time around. Hello, go for it, Ron. Hello, Hello moment. Centers. Uh, my Star Wars consist of uh, not not too much this month or whatever picking anything up um but i did have a fun story uh, the family likes to hit thrift shops um and normally i bide my time in there trying to play the game that is find some star wars treasure and we hit some thrift shop and looking all around it's a very small one didn't have much of anything usually books they go to the book section and i can find you, you, that's where you might find something I ended up finding a comic um and it was a comic number one i was i knew it wasn't anything old or whatever it was from the force awakens i think or whatever so it had a, a couple years on or whatever but turns out it was a comic book that was in a target exclusive uh, black series uh, figure a snowtrooper type of thing or whatever so that was that was a fun little find and then i just recently uh, on a target run i posted something in the chat found a, a fun little uh, mandalorian baby yoda and a pram watch um that you push a little button and the pram opens up and there's a little baby Yoda in there. And it was my ultimate star Wars of uh, guilty pleasure that it was on clearance. So I can't pass that up. And then um, <laughs> some star Wars band-aids saw those and just had to have, <laughs> I just had to have them. Yes. I'm a grown man with star Wars band-aids in my house and well, I will proudly use them. Should I, I say you're actually going to open them. Are you? Yeah. 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 Should it's I, like, well, it's going to be it says star Wars duct tape as well. Cause I imagine that's got 101 uses. <laughs> I, I, there's no <laughs> doubt some, some Imperial strength, Star Wars duct tape out there. Haven't seen it, but I would own it if there is. Yes, I, the picture shows one box. Uh, I will self-tell on myself there was actually two boxes purchased. Johnson & Johnson. They're in the news in many ways, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> yes. They are, yes. So yeah, aside from that, okay. and uh, obviously uh, what we're going to talk about today's topic, the Bad Batch or whatever, and um, I did just recently let play and ended up finding myself watching The Last Jedi. Uh, oh, excellent. Days ago. I've, got the, I've got the sequels too. Still, really still enjoy the heck out of that flick. Awesome. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Just wondering what company um, these these companies do at head office, and they all gather around the table. I think you know Johnson and Johnson do more than just uh, band aids. I know, um, but you just imagine that conversation. You know, we need we need something funky on a band aid packet. Let's get some. Oh, Star they, they definitely yeah, they definitely have a marketing group because the the, the band aid aisle had a number of you know Spider Man, Batman, princesses. 
they, they brand all their boxes so that they assume the plastic got pictures on them. Yes, yeah, the band-aids themselves have yeah. pictures. I'm sorry I didn't I haven't cut myself yet to know, but uh previous Star like, Wars band-aid box purchases they have. For the, for the, have, course, have, for so the course, you need to run into the wall or something like that, and then you can it, put right. on these uh, band-aids on and show us. It's not within arm's reach or I'd go I'd snap a photo. At the end of this, I'll snap a photo and throw it in the chat. I have a uh, a few band-aid boxes with still some band-aids left over, and they were from a few years ago, but uh, the boxes themselves are proudly in my bathroom, and anytime anyone visits and they see that, it's a it's a mark of conversation. Oh, of and course. One of the boxes has Vader on the front and the Stormtrooper on the back, and the other yep. box has, I think, Ray on one side and, and BB-8 on the other. So, yeah, yep. they... And I'm a grown man too. So what? I, yeah, I hear that, you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate. <laughs> what you need to track down? There were some tins. They made some band aids. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That uh, had the had some. There was like a obviously collect them all kind of thing. It had ships aplenty, uh, Falcon and and uh, Tie Fighters. Actually, it was it was an awesome little collectible. And, and my, our Star Wars band aids are in one of those tins. I'll, I'll snap a photo for that as well. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's a great pun for Star Wars and plasters and band aids, but I can't think of one at the moment because over here we just call them plasters. Oh, um, okay. plasters. Uh, plasters, yeah, they're just is that, interesting. Is that a brand? Like no, no, it's just what you, call, it's what you call them. So, you know, you say, while you're out at the shops, can you get me some plasters and that kind of stuff? Earlier, you said, you know, hanging around in your pants, and I know that really means. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, oh, yeah. Right? Things like, yeah, yeah. I this literally meant her. Yeah. Wait, wait, say that again. Hanging around in what? <laughs> like, we'll miss this one conversation. The, the, yeah, that's right. The term pants in England refers to underwear in the US. It does, yeah. That's so why. what do you call pants? <laughs> well, they're, jeans, they're, they're, slacks, khakis, jeans, trousers. trousers khaki. yeah. Well, we don't use trousers. slacks. It's, it's jeans or trousers, yeah. All right. And the word trousers for us uh, sounds like what old men wear. Like they tend to be suits or you know, something yeah, something fancier. So they are, yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. And not be honest, not many people wear you wear trousers to like um, work or. Um, Right. Yeah, a funeral or wedding or something like that. Right, right, right. I, I remember uh, got jeans on. My my grandfather used to refer to jeans as dungarees. Yeah, and that. that was like an old word to us. Yep. You know. So I mean that that watch, Ron, is massive. So presumably that's a child's one. I don't, it's a child's I don't, watch. I, I'm not sure why one would assume such. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a child. It's supposed to be a child's watch. It's very it's bulbous. Really not, it doesn't make it, any sounds. Um, you know, I bought it. I pushed a little button. The pram opened up. It had Yoda, Star Wars hooked, and that's the extent of what I've done to know what it. I'm sure it's just a digital watch and might have an alarm uh, of sorts. But no, I don't think it makes any Baby Yoda sounds. It would say that. I think that'd be real evident on the packaging or something. So yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's that. gimmick, if you will, is that it pops up and little Baby Yoda's inside of it. But yes, it is. It, I should have taken a profile shot of it. It is quite the. The pram is quite, quite bulbous. It is, it is. I don't want to say a golf ball size, but it's, it's. Right, it uh, looks like three quarters, quarters of it. It's, it'd be a cumbersome to wear for sure. And as I always have to ask this question every month, um, and we have to fill in the other ones and what the heck I'm talking about, Ron. But have you opened the box yet? Not yet. No, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that as a mystery for the other two. We'll talk about that another time. Okay. Next, uh, Chris. Hey. You're one. Anything you want to talk about Star Wars-wise since the last month that you've involved yourself in? Well, uh, yeah, and I, I – so I live in Seattle. I uh, work on and off as a video editor and a visual effects artist, so I'm in the film industry. Um, but I've actually been working on and off on a Star Wars project for about six years now. 
Um, and uh, I don't want to hijack the conversation too much, but I've been making some very good progress on some voiceover material with Alec Guinness. Um, and I've been doing that with a, a friend of mine where we're going through about 10 hours of audio from Alec Guinness's uh, um, his, uh, memoirs. He had recorded um, three books of his own, and we've been scouring through that and making very good progress on that. So uh, I'll probably talk about that more another time in the future. So but... you're going to make going to make him up saying things Star Wars yeah, from his. Yeah, yeah. right. Very exactly. Uh, to create some uh, voiceover narration. Um, and uh, we're very excited about how much uh, progress we've made and uh, what the possibilities are. So um, how I'll, does, I'll, um, I'll say more another time. Yeah, what's yeah looking forward to that. So how does Negamity and licensing work with all that? Uh, well, you just don't make any money. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's all for fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's all for fun and uh, nothing that would ever be released or shared um, in some sort of commercial way. Um, it's, you know, I have a lot of friends here that are big Star Wars fans and they've really enjoyed some of the stuff I've put together. And uh, it's really just to share with friends and family, essentially. And I'm yeah. sure I'll share with you guys, too, at some point. So. Well, that's commitment to spend all that time going through hours of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never going to make any money out of. Right, um, but it's fun. Yeah, so, that, so, I mean, yeah. they really, I've had a lot of people ask me, oh, well, why do you do this? Why are you, you know, engaging in this for, you know, hundreds or thousands of hours? And I'm like, it, it's fun. I enjoy it. And, you know, in, in terms of other, some other aspects of uh, the project that I've done already, um, it's involved a lot of visual effects and to some extent these keep me on my toes to get me to problem solve with visual effects and it keeps my chops up um, with industry work too. Cool. Uh, to take a shot or two or a dozen or two um, shots from Star Wars and work on them and manipulate them and make them better shots and things like that. And uh, that's fun to me because it's something that I already enjoy and love anyway and then I get to you know, really apply my skills to it in a way that no one else is necessarily thinking about at the time. So it's a blast. Um, these are basically, uh, you know, for the lack of a better term, fan edits of the original trilogy, but uh, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, some restructuring involved eventually. So, yeah, I, maybe we'll we're... chat more uh, yeah. Yeah, on the chat. Oh, there's no, there's no maybe. You've call, you, yeah, color me intrigued. Definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've good, definitely so, got us intrigued. Talk about setting it up for cliffhanger yeah, sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? Right, I mean, right, right, right. We don't get more people from Sweden listening to us over this. I have no idea what's going to. Well, that's there's that, there's apparently that we're line. hot in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. There's that old line, you know, how do you keep an idiot in suspense? I'll tell yeah, you later. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> excellent very good okay ryan you're next all right so this past month uh i would say it's been kind of busy for me i got a a new lightsaber as i mentioned to you guys i bought dooku's lightsaber so that adds to my mace because i went to the gamestop and of course they had a sale going on and i might have went a little overboard bought a new lightsaber and the tauntaun sleeping bag (laughs) so those those are my big ones for this month but uh, i've actually been trying to finish a book for about three months now, uh, and I really have to push myself with the High Republic coming up at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a it's a Old Republic uh, Knights Errand. I actually never heard of it. I just found it walking through a bookstore, um, and it's been definitely a slow go. So especially directly following 
Into the Dark. I jumped onto this one, uh, and it's nowhere near the enjoyment. Uh, but I know if I stop reading it, I'm never going to go back to it. Uh, so now my Star Wars pile is piling up. Like I bought Plagueis. I want to reread that because I originally did not like that book on its first release, but I'm willing to give it another shot. And I bought, from a certain point of view, uh, Empire Strikes Back. So I have to read that. So my, my backlog is quickly filling up with the High Republic right around the corner also. And this Knight's Errant kind of dragging me down. But I know I got to finish it. So I don't know if you guys have heard of it or read it. It was a comic at one point, too. So, no, I hadn't. What what I era does that take place either. in the storytelling? Uh, it's old. It's the old republic. So it's oh, you know, it the, is old republic. Oh, yeah. So it. the two thousand years ago, they haven't mentioned anybody like you know Revan or Bane or anything like that. But it's mm. the era of where Sith rule separate planets, and right now she's sneaking around. I'm maybe a fifth of a way into the book, but it's uh, I've been putting it down a lot, especially with a lot of shows coming out, but. I, I've also been filling in a lot of time with comics. So the High Republic comics, I read all those. Um, and uh, I wasn't going to get War of the Bounty Hunters because, you know, I'd rather read about bounty hunters from a book, a novel. But after the big reveal from issue one, which I won't say anything about because I believe uh, Steven is a month behind, um, yeah. I decided to just totally go full on with that. Well, I shouldn't say full on because it's 30 issues, but I'm going to stick with the main run. Uh, of the bounty hunter wars so Good. war of the bounty hunters excuse me I, I will read the first issue and i'll see how it goes i mean i say i've got bought let's say board it's not really the word but I, I didn't really get into the other bounty hunter series the recent one yeah um, no but, i heard that wasn't very good at all a lot of it, oh, right, it ties me, in then. with every oh no, no yeah i'm not gonna i won't pick up that one it ties in with every single star wars book right now um and i'm like i'm not gonna pick up 30 side issues so i got the prelude with vader uh, just because his comic is always five stars, and even this one alone was really good, um, with it tying in with uh, the sequels, uh, that weird eye guy, the Sith hunter, you know, he's kind of featured in there a little bit. So, but uh, oh, yeah. War of the Bounty Hunters, I'm gonna start Oxy. picking up on, and I just wish we could discuss that final page, but I guess that's a cliffhanger for another time. Well, I did look that, into what that was. So after you had said it was a big deal, I, I, I uh, figured I'd spoil myself and uh, found out. And I was intrigued, definitely. Yeah, so I wasn't at this game for a while. It doesn't matter, be it books, collecting, anything. The backlog that you speak of that's just started for you, it will always exist. <laughs> There's always, it, you're on a very slippery, slippery slope of backlog of, oh, yeah, I want to get to that. Oh, yeah, I want to get to that. And, oh, yeah, I need to do that. It just it just grows and grows. Well, except for me, yeah. because as soon as they did, as soon as Disney took over and they made all the, the EU um, non-canon, I just felt I never got around to it before. So I'm like, I'm not bothering now at all. Yeah, I'm pure, ca I'm pure canon at all. I'm not doing anything that's not, if it's not canon, I'm not interested. Yeah, um, I know it's the old Republic. That's I didn't enjoy anything after Return of the Jedi. Any of those books, I just could not get through. Uh, but the old Republic, I read a couple of those. Never played yeah, the game. Yeah, it does sound interesting. I have to say. Yeah, the, like, the Bane series is great, yeah. but who knows if it's ever? I'm thinking Disney will just stay away from that era. And honestly, if you don't mess with it, then it's kind of still canon to me. Like, uh, if you just ignore it and they put it in the corner and they don't say yes or no, then it's like. To me, I'll count it as canon if it's and, far and Just like some people count Plagueis as canon, even though it's not. Plagueis was 
in one of the last few novels before they established new canon. And I really enjoyed Plagueis, so I hope that you, in your I second think that helps. visit, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was the other so one that good. I did enjoy is the Kenobi book um, that was right before canon was established too. Um, you yeah, say you did enjoy that? I did. Yes, I, I did picked a that lot. up. Um, I'm, I'm the book reader that I, I buy them and have them in my library, but don't read. So I do the audio books <laughs> and 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 did the audio book of Plagueis and just absolutely loved it and and own Kenobi and I've always wanted to to dive into it but haven't and I think yeah. I did finally find the audio book or whatever to 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 hear that it was good as well like the Plagueis yes. book. I, I need to spend some time, but I think that have I think that one though has been. Um, a bit, a bit cannibalized. There's parts of it from from what I've heard. If I'm remembering correctly, are there parts of it that have kind of no longer count or don't work anymore because um, we've seen things contradict? I don't. Um, I don't know if it contradicts per se. Okay. Um, whereas, I, whereas Plagueis is is I think is loved because it was so good. And, was, but I think yeah. is is so much uh, thought of as could should be considered can't because I don't believe there's much of if anything in there that really contradicts or doesn't That's doesn't right. work that it, it could very well be turned into a movie yeah, yeah. right now and would work with it all and we'd fall in love with it because it would be timeline of seeing it all so right yeah, exactly that, highly recommend that that reread on it and i did both of them on audiobook as well um, okay but it was, these two was kenobi we is about. Uh, so Plagueis was my first first ever audiobook, and I was just dumbfounded that that's how they did. I thought it was just a guy reading the you know, sound <laughs> effects, the inflections, and all that sort of stuff. Right. It was awesome. I was hooked. Is Kenobi as well produced as Plagueis, if you remember? Yes, it is okay, cool. absolutely. Um, and Perfect. the guy that does the voice uh, for the whole thing, of course, does a really good Obi Wan Kenobi voice. Oh, even better. And there's there's a portion in the middle of that in in I don't remember. I can give you the the time frame on the audiobook. Uh, that was just so emotional that I was nearly in tears listening to Obi-Wan talking to a character uh, evasively about his experience with Anakin. And it was like, oh, it was so wow. emotional. It was really, really intense. Um, that he so, was avoid, avoiding explaining the situation, but saying how uh, deeply emotionally impacted he was by this event. Which I, really, I, really hope, I really hope we get that in the TV series. Because, yeah, me too. Yeah, me for too. All, for, I mean, I love the prequels, but there was so, the, the me, real emotion was lacking from a lot of that. Yes, too oh, much totally. CGI and that kind of stuff. So right. I hope let me really sell the Clone that. Wars then the, to who hasn't seen it. Was that emotion triggered, helped, or otherwise influenced because you had watched the Clone Wars? Um, yeah, I suppose. Because I, mean, that's, I, I, I love the Clone Wars more than the prequels. I, I don't. Uh, I don't really enjoy episodes one and two, and I really feel that myself that episode three of the films is the only one that really resonated with me. But the events of episode three really play into the Kenobi book in terms of his emotional uh, sure. state. That's where the Clone Wars for me has has is why it's so good and and, and gets sure. good because it really solidifies Obi Wan as a character. So right when you hear, I, I can just think about what whatever yes. he might be talking about, whatever he talks about now. Now that you have this whole fully fleshed involvement with Anakin, and you were my brother, Anakin, that line right. gets me every time now sure. that it never got me the first or second or ten times I heard it, but now, oh, it, it just it kills you because you know right. so much more, and that's because of the Clone Wars, and, and that's the yeah. power of, of what the Clone Wars was to establish that, that you're going to make me want to carve out some time and try to find that audiobook yeah. for the Kenobi. Right, and, and I mean, the good thing is that the Kenobi book, it doesn't have these larger galactic epic issues or consequences that you would expect from other Star Wars stories. It's really, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything here. 
he's dealing with uh, like some of the interactions with some of the moisture farmers. It's about Kenobi. Cool. It, it, it really is a very small story. It deals with the moisture farmers and the Tuscan Raiders and their, uh, you know, um, conflicting um, interactions. Mm-hmm. And Kenobi sort of in the middle of it. So it, it has a very small story quality that I think that probably would not contradict anything specific in what they're doing with this upcoming Kenobi series. Um, okay. Cool. Looking right. forward yeah. to it. All right. We got. I just realised we're off on a tangent, as as we as we always do. I'm trying to bring yeah, it back. Shocking. Trying to bring things back on track. Um, Ricky has joined us. But do you, it's your moment now to tell us about your, your last month. Let me see. What have I been doing? I've been buying those. Uh, trying to hunt down the Disney Infinity figures, the Star Wars ones. I bought some stuff on eBay, and and I got some stuff on uh, Walmart.com. I got. I cracked down Obi Wan. Um, it's like Clone Wars era Obi Wan. Uh, so that's pretty fun. And then I also got uh, Darth Maul, um, which I've had been looking for for a while. But I'm surprised those things are still around because they've been out of production for like quite some time. But um, yeah, those things are pretty fun. And then I also bought like some, uh, it's like a Speedway game, like a racing game for that thing. For because I have an Xbox, so it's got uh, it's got Yoda on the on, on the cover, and you can race around, and you can be Darth Maul versus you know whoever. And they have uh, it's like a souped up version of uh, of Luke Speeder, so that's pretty pretty fun to go. Around. So we've been doing that, and then also I'm still doing our Saga Marathon. Um, we're on season two of Ewoks, which compared <laughs> to season one of Ewoks, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's been a chore to get through season two, but... You've got stamina, boy. you got stamina. Yeah, I mean, uh, for, for the other guys that don't know, I went through... Me and my daughter started watching everything from the beginning. Um, we, we watched episode one, episode two. We watched part of the Gendy series to a certain point. Uh, of Clone Wars, and we watched all of Clone Wars. Um, then we got to episode uh, three, and we kind of interwove the last season of Clone Wars with episode three, which was kind of fun to do. That's um, great. Yeah, so we watched portions of uh, Clone Wars, and then we paused it when we got to the parts from the movie, and then we started watching that for a while, and then we took we switch. I had like a whole uh, little guide that I found online that let me do that. And That's after great. watching that, um, we start, we watched Solo. And then after watching Solo, we got into Rebels. Um, and then after Rebels, we did uh, Rogue One, New Hope, and we did Empire. And then we started with um, the Ewok movies. I watched both of those. And then Ewok season one, and now we're on season two. So I'm, I'm halfway through season two. So it's been it's been a long journey, like over the past year, watching all this stuff, like thousands yeah. at a time. Yeah, because my daughter's nine, so like we, we'll try to binge as much as we can. But I mean, sitting in front of the TV for that long. But uh, so we just we'll watch a little bit here and there. Like yesterday, we just watched like one um, episode of the Ewoks, which season two of Ewoks is kind of strange because they cut it down into like two episodes per per uh, I guess per episode. Uh, so they're like 15 minutes each instead of like one 30 minute episode or 22 huh. minute. I guess. Yeah, oh, I so didn't it, realize that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So season one was just, you know, each episode there's like I think there's like 13 episodes in season one. But um, yeah, so it's like one story each episode. But season two, they switched the intro, and then they kind of made it a little bit more kiddie. Season two, like it's more. I've noticed all the characters fall down at least four times in each episode now. <laughs> <laughs> well, even yeah. season one is pretty kiddie. And yeah, so no, season I'm... two, it and the characters. I don't know if the voice actors changed or what, but it it does sound a. They sound a little different, but uh, but oh. I mean it's, it's it's still fun. I mean it's interesting. I had never seen any of these episodes before. I never seen uh you know, the Ewok movies, but it's been interesting, both of us, me and my daughter, watching something new, um, 
you know, besides Bad Batch and all that stuff, which that totally threw our marathon for a loop because that that already happened. Yeah, backtrack. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, we've Did been you watch that the Ewok week. movie? Yeah, we watched both of them because they have uh, when they put them on Disney Plus, they have uh, Caravan of Courage on there, and uh, which I love those movies. They were good. Like I yeah, I watched the first one for the first time when they released it, and it was surprisingly enjoyable for you know yeah. ignoring the yeah the second the one animation. The second one was a uh, not a style. The second one, uh, the second one was like a really dark fast. Everyone just kind of like well, I don't want to. Well, I guess I, I'll spoil it, but they all die. I don't think the... I've seen the second one. <laughs> I have not seen the second one. So I don't think I have. Uh, yeah, is it the better than one... the first? I like the first one better. The first one was more Ewoky. Yeah. For being weird and having humans and just kind of ignoring the storytelling yeah. part of it. I got to say, I was like, I was kind of surprised. Maybe because it tied in with the game so well, the Battlefield game. I'm like, oh, that's how they got the little pixies. And that's where they got all this yeah. stuff oh. fighting in the game. So yeah, that just because the tie in with the game and the yeah, characters. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's where they got it all from. That's interesting. Yeah, so we've been doing that, and then uh, you know, playing the Ewok hunt, too, on uh, Battlefront. Oh, and trying to finish Into the Dark, like me and Steven can, can discuss it. All right, excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be very quick as I am normally every month because uh, this is new for Chris and Ryan who don't know don't know me, but I don't collect any Star Wars merchandise. I'm not a collector, although I have started um, this year you, getting into you have the a books shelf. And <laughs> I, I have a virtual shelf. My virtual shelf is more for what than my physical shelf because I've started going through the, uh, the since the High Republic started I've got into the comics and into the uh, books but I do it all either audible um, or digital comics so I don't have anything physical to add to my already uh, I want to say my I don't want to call it say it's not it's not junk it's just that I got there's a lot of stuff in this house that need doesn't need to be here in the first place and getting rid of some of that stuff is proven hard to as it is, and I don't want to clog up anything more with stuff. So, yeah, I don't collect anything. I do watch all the TV stuff, and I do do the comics. And Although I haven't, say, this month, I'm a bit behind on the, on the comics, unfortunately. I just, I've got a month behind. But I did finish Into the Dark within the last four weeks, or whatever it is. So I'm very pleased at that, because up until this year, I had never read or listened to a Star Wars book at all. So the fact that I've got through all three, is it three of the land, of the High Republic yeah, books yeah. so far by Audible? Light. Yeah, yeah, I've done them all via Audible, um, and uh, I'm very proud of myself. So very pleased. And into, we'll get into the High Republic stuff in a minute, but I say Into the Dark was a bit of a, well, it was, it was a bit of a, a bit of a slog until the last third, and then it really picked up. Uh, a friend of mine and I, my main Star Wars buddy. He and I are doing three audiobook trilogies, all intermittent. We're doing the Thrawn prequel trilogy, the High Republic trilogy, not the young adult ones, but the, the main ones, and then also the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. So we're sort of playing hopscotch with all of them. And um, we enjoyed Light of the Jedi, but had some issues. So knowing that the middle of Into the Dark is a bit murky uh, is good to know as we're about to start it so thank you because so we might have to dance around some of the high republic stuff when we get to there and uh, we'll have to take stock of where people are and what people want to know what don't want to know and that kind of stuff right there's a third book coming out soon a third main novel it's the second book isn't it yeah officially it's the second it's like as we talked said to rom um this is like the second movie isn't it the next that book is like the second movie whereas yeah, everything else is like other bits around 
Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the first one is Light of the Jedi. Second one yep. is Into the Dark. And the third one is coming out soon. Not counting the kitty yep. books. Rising yep. Storm is technically the second book in the main series. Yes. And Rising Storm is the one that comes out at the end of this month. I'm up on all the novels. So Test of Courage is a young adult. So technically it's not considered part right. of the I wasn't main... counting that. Right. Yeah. Oh, not Test of Courage, but sorry, Into the Dark. Oh, Into the Dark, dark doesn't considered... count? No, that's that's one of the books where it's if you read the main series, technically you don't have to read Into the Dark helps lead a lot into the comics. So I read the comics and to see those two uh, kind of intertie for certain characters, which I won't say. OK, uh, because I'm not where anybody's at. But Into the Dark is one of them that you could skip. That's not related to the main series. The main series so far is uh, Light of the Jedi. And the next one is Rising Storm. Only the adult books are considered the main story where it's like, don't skip those. But any of the other books, young adult and uh, tween, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, the even so younger the adult. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones, you know, Test the Courage and Into the Dark. And the other ones come in uh, Caravan, of not Caravan, but the festival <laughs> where they start to celebrate. It's 1990s again. Go oh, way okay. back. Right. But no, those Into the Dark mm. technically isn't part of the main story. It's the, hey, read it if you want to know more about all this stuff. Oh, okay. Into well, we're probably still going to do that anyway, but that's great to know. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's Rising Storm is technically the second one of the main story. Second one. But okay, got it. June the 29th, isn't it? If I got June the 29th in my head for It sounds Rising right. Storm. Yeah, I think that it's, sounds right. Before the end of this month. Will you get that, Stephen? Will you get that the same day? or is I it that pleased like, to say that this time round, at the moment, we're getting it exactly the same time as you lot, because... That was the problem with the original ones. Some of them I had to require through um, the dark side means <laughs> to, be able to, to be able to listen to them on Audible. Um, and is that, that, kind of is that yeah. planned by the powers that be or just happened to be uh, worked out they, this way? I have no idea why they did that. Well, I hope so. Uh, there's no reason for distribution or anything like that to be where part, you know, off so that you can't talk about things like that since it's a type of era we as live in so I yeah know, hopefully that's as as going forward for you guys the rise and storm is coming out exactly the same time as uh awesome as you. there's another junior novel coming out too because um, you're right at the end of uh test of courage it had a little excerpt from was it race to crash point tower or something like that oh okay yeah, that's yeah there's one a couple out. yep yep 29th of june is here in okay and then the, okay. the third of the thrawn trilogy comes out in i think september or august or something Pass. I've read, <laughs> no, I've read no Thrawn whatsoever. It's yeah, I haven't no either. Information I've loved on. those. I've really loved those. I think I prefer Mark Thompson's voice of Thrawn over Rebels as well. I've really come to love Mark Thompson's depiction of Thrawn in the... There's now five books out of six. Do you, do you think Thrawn uses hair gel? <laughs> I think is that hair naturally back like that, or does he have to every morning get up and look in the mirror and just look at back? I mean, that, is, that is pretty. Well, that's that's Jabba's other uh, way of income. He makes you gel. <laughs> Jabba, Jabba sloth. <laughs> Very good. Okay, right. We're moving on to the Bad Batch. Otherwise, we're we'll be here all day. And since the last Senex speed for. Uh, Chris and uh, Ryan won't know this, but we delayed the last one so that we could uh, talk about the first episode. And actually, I think we've got to talk about the first two episodes, yeah, didn't we? Two. I think. Yeah. So it's everything, every episode since then. So we've had four 
in the last month. And I think we will try, we don't normally do this, but we will try this time to have a like five, five to 10 minutes, maybe on each episode, um, you know, discussion and that kind of stuff. Try to keep it like that. So the third episode of the uh, series, this is not going by memory because I'm absolutely rubbish at remembering things. I'm reading this was called Replacements. And that was when the Bad Batch and Amiga were stranded on the moon after their ship was damaged on some late planet I can't even begin to um, <laughs> to, to name. And there was we had the Ordo Moon Dragon there stealing it apart and uh, Hunter and Mega set out to retrieve it. Hunter is incapacitated. It's amazing in cartoons how people can get really incapacitated quite quickly. So Omega basically tracks down the dragon, retrieves the part. And then on uh, Camino we have uh, Target and Admiral Rampart which is a great name, oh, isn't it? Oh, yes. He's uh, putting Crosshair in command of a new unit of conscripted soldiers that are sent to, not Alderaan, as I thought they said, Onderon, to wipe out Saul Guerrero's camp. So that's basically that episode. So if anybody can remember it, which I can now, I'm reading that a bit more like that. What has anyone to say about what went down in that episode? I'll go first. I really enjoyed it. I especially liked how they have set up Crosshair to be essentially one of the antagonists. I mean, when we had the end of the Clone Wars, it was just the five members of the Bad Batch with Echo being the fifth. And we thought that they would all be kind of equally buddy-buddy. But then in the pilot, you know, they established that Crosshair was at odds with them because his chip was still working. And I think that that was a setup of his, you know, chip working to what we saw in this episode, which I thought was really fantastic to see him basically now tracking down or trying to figure out what's happening with his previous group and really see him be at odds with them. I really enjoyed that aspect of the episode a lot. Because we haven't really seen a lot about, I mean, other than in the pilot, it's gone a bit quiet with uh, Crosshair, isn't it, apart from that? Right. So we haven't seen him since. Right. Subsequently, we've seen since. Yeah, I was just trying. I remember that that, that that whole dynamics. I remember when they um, Crosshair and the, and the Stormtrooper group were on the planet, and they were, you know, they were ordered to kill who was left. And there's that one chap who um, refused, wasn't it? Then right. that was it. That was the end of him. Uh, but I thought it's quite. I mean, there's it, it a whole lot of uh, dynamics there, isn't it? But how they would, how they just that well obeying orders when you're not a clone to do that kind of stuff is yeah. um quite a uh it's quite a feat really i mean i just even i was thinking myself i mean we've all grown up a bit now we're all thinking oh yeah you know, this is this is a bit bit much but uh, it was quite dramatic that that little bit yeah it, it's it's a reminder of how this show is really not designed for kids per se um with the fact that they're killing that dissenting stormtrooper off right away is like wow this is really dark this is really a war show for sure well, i thought more of them were going to join that chap in saying that this is not for me and stuff and then we'll right. get down that whole dynamic of or oh, these these the, yeah, the strong dynamic of that it's not a good idea to conscript um stuff i mean they, they are they are um what's that dancing around the whole bit a little bit in terms of we still don't know exactly well it seems Tarkin is the one who's quite convinced. Well, uh, the whole thing about you know before this, we was like, when did they stop with the clones and when did the um, the Ragnars come in? We didn't really know. 
Right. And that's something we discussed in the past is this whole time period and how things are quickly things are progressing from episode to episode. And I, I haven't quite got it in my head yet exactly how much time has elapsed since yeah, we, Order 66 to where we are now. We haven't seen much time, but there there was another comment. I remember remarking on it in the the previous one. And there was yet another comment made that doesn't sit so well with me that it's it's a budgetary thing, that the clones cost too much and and, and they – they they got to get away from that. And I, I just like I, that's the one thing that doesn't sit so well with me is like really a budgetary thing. Why would why is that? Well, the empire, You're the, the empire, empire just, but yeah, they can just take they, over Camino. They don't need to worry about well. But you need the Kaminoans. You need their yeah. their knowledge. And then we've talked about this before that um, Dexter Jester says that that the Kaminoans they're cloners and damn good ones. That they're not the only ones. They're just good at it. So you know, and, and why the Empire couldn't use somebody else or take over somebody else's operation. Or, yeah, there, there's a couple of, of whys that, that um, get a, need explained or need thought about or need need to be handled in terms of, yeah, why would the Empire have to worry about money or credits or anything like that to, for the Kaminoans in order to get away from the client? I really hope that's not the reason, that it's it's solely just a, just a budgetary thing. I really hope they, they flesh it out a lot better and come up with something something a little little better for for conscripts or people wanting to join people looking for something to do because that's kind of how they made it is like oh the empire pays me uh, puts a roof over my head mm. three squares yes. so perhaps something to you know it's it's something to do for those in in, in the universe and to keep family safer you know to keep on the good side of things whatever uh, as a as a way to create an army i think as we said before i think sure we have this yeah briefly talked about this but um i think you've also got um Tarkin is probably thinking about all the money he wants to spend on the uh, death star and stuff so he's probably yeah. thinking mm. it from from that perspective that this is too much money and i want my money to build my um super weapon which we still don't know exactly how much it's already we discussed this before how much of it is already built by this point or maybe um, it's overrun because yeah it's being built it has been built it's been built for a for a bit of a while now well no they point. they get Don't into that in it. the uh there's that uh book that's a prequel to rogue one yeah the catalyst i was just gonna bring catalyst. that up. catalyst gets a lot more into how far along that the construction of the death star is so um, so with that before you get into it revenge of the sith we see the framework of it but that could have been a bit of a jump ahead is that truly? Because yeah, that yeah. should be that should be happening about now as we see these guys running around being replacements or running with cut. Because that was at the end of the movie, and that's shortly after the Order sixty six, which is where we're at, kind of we think timeline wise. But maybe that was actually needs to be a jump ahead. Does Catalyst make that scene in the movie well, end Catalyst, up more a cat a jump ahead? Part of that takes place during um, you know, during the Clone Wars. So. You know, when uh, Galen Erso starts working on it, the war's still going on. I, th- I believe there's part of the yeah. book where Order 66 happens, you know, and, and at that point, like, he's not working on it anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so they're and they go into the whole thing of the Geonosians trying to get them to finish it and, and this and that. But, yeah, they've been working on it since pretty much episode two when you see. Episode two, yeah. Yeah, when you see Duke, so there, you know, pop up that hologram. Sorry, who was building it then? Separatists? Separatists were building it at that point. Yeah, Separatists okay. were building yeah. it yeah. at that point. When Ganon was, was involved with the Separatists, I get confused enough. And, and I remember in the book, there was like a lot of... Uh, but Tarkin's a good guy at that point. Well. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but he he wasn't playing... He was he was on the mm. good guy's side solely. He wasn't mm. a good guy, but he was Republic 
So he wouldn't know anything, you know, right? He doesn't know anything about the Death Star at that point. So, right, who started the, who, whose impetus was it for the Death Star that Galen was the one that had the idea of of the super laser, right? And put the... Well, yeah, and part of the problem, which I think is, even though I enjoyed the Catalyst book a lot, I thought it was really, really excellent. Part of the problem that the Catalyst... Sorry, my cat is whining like crazy. Part of the problem that the Catalyst book uh, creates is, I think, really backwards storytelling, which is that the majority of the Death Star is built early, and then the the super weapon, yeah. the planetary killing weapon, comes very late in the game. And that really makes no sense to me on a story level. Like, that whole thing should have been built around the idea of being able to destroy a planet. But do they make it out to be like the Death Star had, had, had this one purpose? And then as it's being built, they realized, oh, yeah, the super laser weapon technology works. Let's add that to it. It's right. It's it wasn't designed. Yeah, the, the Death Star, the, the way that the Catalyst book describes it which i think is weak is that the death star was really just designed to be a platform for attacking uh you know armies space station yeah sure yeah yeah yeah. like nautical battle stuff but then the 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 planet killing device was sort of added later as an afterthought and that's it doesn't really make sense to me because so much of the construction of the death star seems to be revolving around this massive kyber crystal Weapon. Definitely, Revenge well, of the know, Sith shows that you know so shows the hole for the you know super laser. So right. at that point, they right. they they change. I don't think it was and an afterthought it, though, because they recruited Galen specifically and, and all the other engineers to in trying to you know get all the kyber crystals they could back then. Um, but yeah, but they Galen, didn't know how Galen the weapon left. was. Good. They didn't yeah. know how the weapon would work or how big it would like what size it would take up. Um, yeah, if we don't have that scene in Revenge of the Sith, we need you to be there. But if we don't see that in Revenge of the Sith, that could be a neat part of the Star Wars story. That yeah, the Death, Stage, Death Star was initially planned to just be, like you say, naval, just a just a home base or a, a, a space station of sorts. Right. But then once they realize this technology, you learn it, they go and add that to it. But seeing that scene in Revenge of the Sith from a timeline standpoint, it throws it off. That superstructure yeah. clearly has the hole for the dish because it's iconic and he mm. added it in there and he had to. So, yeah, that that needs a little fleshed out. Wait, so it's funny. Is, well, the, it's on the designs too, and they showed an episode too. The dish, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right when they yeah, sh- yeah the hollow. So the I think I, they, it's like they knew yeah, what they yeah. wanted to do, but they didn't have the capability of doing it. They're right pretty much trying to work it out like okay we know we're going to have a big giant i know what i have to do but i'm not sure do i got this this job yeah. to do it i don't know yeah. if i have yeah, the because engineers it was all, heard that before <laughs> the super laser was it was all galen's idea but they tried to but then once he realized it was going to be used for war he left and then they tried forever to try to replicate it and it was something like it kind of delay it didn't really delay they had to keep building they couldn't stop building the thing so I think when you yeah. say that it was kind of built around, they had to keep building it, knowing that like this is going to have a super laser. Somebody will figure uh, it out. We just don't yeah, know how power. Yeah, we know. Yeah, and he left, and that's when he eventually was like, "Are and you that's coming Rogue back?" One. Like, what? It's yeah. The yeah. work is stalled. We need you to come back. I'm not coming back. No. Yes, you are. So yeah, well, that, never, that might help to explain the the length from episode two to to a new hope timeline ish time of everything but again back to where it started all this tarkin doesn't know about it yet in terms of we were hypothesizing why tarkin and the clones and money for the death star whatever it's not it's only once he becomes goes from republic to empire kind of now the emperor you know when does the emperor tell him about it that he's like oh okay yeah yeah i want in on this 
And that might explain why he doesn't know it, why it's Krennix. And so, right, in the Bad Batch era, uh, Tarkin shouldn't probably know too much about the Death well, Star or be involved with it at all. It's all Krennix deal, but eventually he, he does, though, because he tells oh, Galen that it was his idea. Like, he's the one that thought of it years ago. But, you know, Krennix yeah, has been the a one bit, running. That's a bit, right? That That's not a bit. That's not true. That's a bit bravado. You don't, that's you don't a bit think trying that, that um, Tarkin knew anything at all? I mean, he... Pretty much in Clone Wars, he was already well, why they were trying Krennic? to get Ahsoka out of there, and they were trying to, you know, he was doing all this underhanded stuff, you know, during the Clone Wars. Well, in the I, Citadel and everything, right? Yeah. Why is Krennic so, so the Death Star guy then? I mean, we need the character and need another story and all that. That's why, but you're right. We need that needs to work in terms of it's Krennic's baby right up until Tarkin goes, ah, good, thanks. All right, now I'm going to go take credit for it and take over and, and drive this bad boy around the universe, galaxy. And, the catalyst book uh, really establishes Krennic and uh, Galen yeah. Erso's relationship early yeah, on, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, amazingly, it's it yeah, uh, wonderfully, so well. yeah, yeah. And I, his wife, and, and Lyra, Galen's yeah. wife, right? Yeah. And I, I would say, Ron, I would really encourage you to check out the catalyst audiobook for that purpose. They have labor disputes over uh, the Geonosians killing each other, building it. Yes. you know. So I mean, it does go into a lot of detail of like what kept delaying it and. Um, all the the trouble that the empire went through to to build it. Is there any yeah, part of the book that talks about parking far away when you're visiting, <laughs> when you're visiting friends? Yeah. All right, bad back. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, uh, my, um. Then episode four is called Cornered. Oh, this is the one where we see Fennec Shand. Technically, um, we see a bounty hunter. Well, yeah, we see a bounty hunter. Well, right? so I I bring that up just but, because as as Uber fans that follow this and do this sort of stuff, we mm-hmm. all knew ahead of time and 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 works. But the, I rewatched the episode and nowhere in the episode yeah. do you is it alluded to who it is at all whatsoever. So the casual fan or most fans, if you will, or anyone watching us, whatever, isn't really going to pick up doesn't pick up who well, that is. I have to I think say, until I the have next to... one, right? They I think they do say who she is in the next one. They well, do. they never say Boba Fett's name I'll... in uh, Empire. <laughs> I also, I have the subtitles on, so I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> no, no, I contend you, you didn't. Because <laughs> it says, I wa- in that episode, um, <laughs> at least mine, when I watched it, it's it just says the woman. It just says the woman, because I watched it with my daughter. And she had UK asked, subtitles. She on. asked, should we know who that is? Well, that'd be interesting if that's true, uh, Stephen. I'll, I'll, no, no, you might be right. You might be right. It might be just... Might just be because everybody's been talking about her being right. in before. Go and watch like, it again, because I was very curious. Uh, um, you know, we all know that's Fennec, but really it wasn't ever mentioned. And when we watch with the subtitles, it just says the woman, the woman. And they they've done that before. Um, to, to obfuscate whoever might be talking kind of thing or whatever. So it's not mm-hmm. out there. It just says the woman or the character or voice or something like that. And other times it'll say Ahsoka, Fennec, or you know, whatever's going on. So there, there was really some purposeful trying to um, not hide it, but trying to reveal that that's Fennec. So we kind of got spoiled as fans. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't no you know Luke coming back or whatever. But us knowing about it ahead of time before going into that, that it was Fennec was found out how is what I'm wondering. And then maybe we shouldn't be so happy to know information ahead of time because we're, we're missing out on that. That's a big thing for me. You, you only get one chance that first opportunity for something like that. And to have that revealed in the next episode would have been cool. It's Fennec. I didn't really care, but, but to my point of, of, of seeing that kind of thing is, is fun so there is a bit of staying offline sometimes till you watch these episodes to 
to to not be spoiled by things. But this episode well, had a lot of um, had a lot of Clone Wars vibes to it and stuff yeah, on the planet. Yeah. You know, the, the scenes yeah. through the scenes in the air and that kind of stuff and falling in, maybe not falling in and then falling on someone else. I mean, how the heck they keep managed to save themselves on these um, things? I have no idea. But then we also had the sort of comedy moments with the droids and stuff, which I thought was brilliant with Echo and. Uh, Echo yeah, and the uh, C-3PO clone unit who was an I'm in charge and all that kind of stuff was quite funny as well. There was another episode of Chain Codes. Chain yes. Codes. Yes. Chain Codes? <laughs> That's right. Chain yeah. Codes. Because they use Chain Codes a lot in that one. Yeah, as a running joke from previous, what was the, previous, was previous the chain codes or whatever. They just, yeah, they, they, they just went on and on with the chain codes and the chain codes. But that's obviously a thing. They're establishing some, some level of, of security or some level of oppression perhaps um that is the yeah. that is going to be the empire that you have to fascism. have change yeah fascism yeah. right that one guy was like look i was trying to get on board this uh ship you know i've been mm-hmm. booked for this forever and he's like well you don't have this stuff now so you can't yeah yeah that that level of of, of oppression of fascism that's going to permeate the galaxy and help to build a a, a rebellious group of individuals uh, it's 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 fun building you, that episode but you also you had a happy planet didn't you how many people were celebrating yeah, that's true. Stuff. Empire doing the parade. Every result, their arms like, up and cheering and that kind of stuff. But they, they do make a point of saying, why are they cheering? And they're cheering because the war's over. And it's like, well, did we win? And it's like, yeah, well, it depends on whose side you're on. So, so yeah, yeah, I could see people at this point in the timeline cheering the clones, if you will, at, at this point, or is what they, they see as they, they They got um, delayed, <laughs> delayed transmission on that planet that, you know, they just worked out that the... Well, it just happened. I'm assuming the parade and, and celebration is just because the Empire, the clones, that is is shown up on the planet. And they're like cheering them. Yay, the war's over. Thank you. And then they're realizing, oh, oh crap. Right. Wait, you guys are here to impose things and, and, and put your fascist rule on stuff. Ew. And well, that sure. Turn- that's, the, that's, the, that's the insidious and sort of gradual nature of fascism. That yeah, exactly. That sneaks up on you. Yeah, you right. think it's and, something. Uh, and they're doing that late. well. Yeah, I think that's fairly effective in how they're rolling that out. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. Episodes. That's yeah. a beautiful point that the episode so I, is building always, that nicely, nicely. Yeah, I'd always assume that for like um, at least, should we say, five years after Order sixty six, that everybody was reasonably okay. yeah. quite happy and okay yeah. with how things had gone down and stuff. Um, but this this paints the picture that it wasn't quite. You know, from the word go, there was already um, people who could see exactly what had changed and where it was going they were you know like got so well so Grower is a bit of a an oddity really isn't he? he'd be fighting for anything um that's the other good thing catalyst does that's the other thing good catalyst yeah. does it shows well, what's going on behind the scenes and even books like lost stars um the one scene that really sticks out to me is where it's like uh the female is watching palpatine come off the ship from uh, Return of the Jedi, and she's shocked how old and decrepit he is when all of his media is like, look how young and spry I am. And yes. she's like, this is this is the man I'm following. And it's those things that I feel like, and usually I'm, I only read books that are big on action. That's why I didn't like uh, the Plagueis book. But Catalyst, just, just those scenes alone that shows, you know, all this information is being hidden. And, you know, Palpatine is like, oh, the Jedi attacked me. That's why all this happened. But then they see planets getting stripped for their ore and yeah. people being sent. And it's like it's such people want like, oh, we want world building. And why don't we know what's going on? But then it's books like Catalyst and Lost Stars that like 
nail it 110%, where it really gives you a feeling how the people not in power are struggling. And that's, again, with the fascism points, it's it's a fantastic point of how, like, where's Palpatine's iron fist is really doing to the people who aren't, like, oh, blissfully unaware on, you know, Coruscant. They're like, oh, okay, this is what's going on, but you... Well, no, even in Clone Wars, like, you know, the latter episodes, you had, you know, so many remarks about how people were just sick and tired of the Jedi and and my family died because this battle happened and the Jedi didn't sure. save them. You know, that that whole yeah, setup, like, people are relieved turning now, it. You know? Well, blame yeah. the Jedi. Well, you're doing all this yeah. stuff. So and it's his way to kind of, again, his ultimate plan is to blame the Jedi, turn everyone yeah. against him. And it's like, no, we're just trying to help. Like, we don't want to be involved in this, but we keep getting wound up in it. So it's very, yeah. very good storytelling. And it, and it's it's I mean, it's it's a nice example of how, you know, because you mentioned, Ryan, the the, the phrase um, ruling with an iron fist earlier. And the thing is that, like anyone who rules with an iron fist is not wanting to let it be clear that he's ruling with an iron iron fist. And these books really do establish that, you know, it's painting the nicer, kinder side of Palpatine, essentially, or the illusion of it where all these other insidious things are going on. Um, I also wanted to bring up that there was another uh, book slash audiobook that established a lot of that early relationship between Jin Erso and Saw Gerrera. Um, I can't remember. Is it like Rebel Rising or something like that? Yeah, Rebel Rising. Rebel Rising, yeah. And that also establishes a lot of what you're talking about, too, in terms of the, the seedy, seedy underbelly of what's going on in the early stages of the Empire that most, let's say, suburban citizens are not aware of that uh you know you're yeah, seeing that they were ahead. like immediately like fighting against the empire as, as soon as you know right like, yeah jen was born or like you know she was like well actually yeah. galen and them took and lyra like dissented like during the clone wars they, yeah. they figured it out and then yeah, right, it's, once, you know, yeah, it's in the book i don't want to yeah. yeah discuss but if anybody wants to read it that's i, I want to go back i should go back and reread it because i did love that yeah. book a, a lot me too, me it too. And ranked high up. Surprisingly for me, it ranked super high in my novel. I know it was a short episode. Did anyone have a problem with the with the hunter saying, "All right, Amiga, you got Omega, you got to go with them. Um, you need a better life with them," and just kind of, you know, oh. just go go with them, and and you know, didn't really explain much to her or whatever. And then well, she an turns around two. and just she just turns around and 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 bails on him. And, and, you know, maybe she does say to the family, I can't go with you guys. I got to, you know, go back, whatever, that the family's not like, hey, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? So obviously she must have said something. They're like, was, thank goodness. We didn't very, to figure <laughs> <laughs> they turned in five chain code badges or whatever, and only four get on the ship that, the, that this checkpoint is, is, is yeah. a bit dodgy in terms of, wait, I got five. There's only four. Of, ah, whatever. Go ahead. You know obviously very short episode and we needed her to come back to him and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, they, they, they kind of glossed over, glossed over that in a big, big way, but it was a fun episode. Yeah. That was episode two. But yeah. Did anyone really think that she was going to stay with, uh, with the family? With no, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, of course not. See that come up a miles off. Can you? Okay. Well, and then in the next, uh, the episode after that, um, what's the one, basically the one with the rancor, Spoiler Wait. alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler well, alert. Uh, yeah, when they go Did in. Anyone, uh, how thrilled was everyone? They meet Sid. They meet Sid basically on Ord Mantel, and she goes to 
of this exchange for the help and gave us a kid that the child called Muchi and said we'll receive a reward from Jabba the Hutt if the Bad Batch help her rescue the child. Of course, then they go off and Muchi is a young Rancor. They basically rescue her and then they hand off the, the Rancor to Big Fortuna at the end. Blah, blah, blah. Jabba no bada. How did, Amiga no, know, how did Amiga know that was Sid? Because she's the clever one. I think yeah. she's got heightened perception um, yeah. and, and probably they're, 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 they're drilled for war, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah they're, they were being all soldiery and obviously she said it's usually the only one in the place, perhaps. And then that was go, the one... Shift out. It's Sid here and then whoever turns around is, is Sid, but... Yeah, perhaps not, that, that definitely well, needs a rewatch. I had, hey, so is Sid supposed to be Transocean? Yes. Yes. Can she yes. regrow limbs? No. <laughs> but uh, how come she, she doesn't talk like like skier? Like you know, she's she played by Rhea Perlman from yeah, Cheers. That was awesome. Yeah. Really, really, I recognized the voice right away, and I was like, I know that voice, I know that voice, and I looked her up on IMDb while I was watching the episode, and I was like, yes, of course, I know that voice. Yeah, I didn't know when I watched it at the time, but when when this that past episode came on, like I could totally hear it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's you know, she's yeah, yeah. I like the snarkiness of that character, you know, keeping him in check. Yes. And, and and not you. Oh, you're the bright one, aren't you? Yeah, very, very. You know, we were talking earlier about zero and and derivativeness of characters, or whatever, and 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 I guess this one's one that works, if you will, so yes. to speak. Of, of, yes. Of, here's how to play you know as, as a voice actor trying to coach up an actor that maybe is not normally a voice actor or whatever but to, you know here's how you're trying to play it oh okay i get it and go down that path it it, it works very well and that so far and what we've seen of she seen reminds of that character, me of it's, the, it's quite uh, enjoyable she reminds me of the bartender lady from um resistance yeah oh yeah 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 the salty uh, character yeah did uh, anyone did the the initially the hologram of what we then find out to be Bib? Did it did did you know that was Bib at the hologram that first just seeing a little bit or just hearing his voice? Yeah. Or was it was it intriguing at that point for you as well? I wonder who talked for him. Yeah, no, that was that was that was intriguing for me. It was it was like wait, what's going? You know, then I like that they were adding something to to the episode of of intrigue. They they quickly. Um, paid it off there at the end you see who it is like oh that makes sense yeah um once we saw what mushi was whatever and um not mushi what's the name of the rancor mushi my i watched it with my uh teenage daughter and kind of came to that realization of oh wait and you know she's like is that the guy from return of the jedi and you know then i go into dad geek uh, yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Fan. Yeah, Bib Fortuna. He's RT, or his job has got you know. Go, go, go. She's like, yeah, yeah, that guy. So um, once she realized it was him, we quickly put it together that oh, well maybe because it was a teenage, a young Rancor, and all this sort of stuff. That oh, that's the Rancor that we see in Return of the Jedi. Now it seems it that's not necessarily true or the case. Or Jabba could have more than one. Or this one's a female and that one was it's, a male. They certainly or, made it confusing. That is for sure. Because it it's, it hints towards it for like people who I don't want to say like in the know, but you know for the people who don't like follow it all very integral, you know, uber fans, almost yeah. like the so almost like the solo movie. We all went in there and spoiler when they revealed the big bad at the end, we were like, oh yeah, of course he's alive. But all the other people who didn't mm-hmm. watch Clone Wars, they were like, what era does this take yeah. place? Is this? <laughs> and that's that's the problem with some of these things that mm-hmm. you know bothers me as I've talked about before, where it's like they do have to, and they do, they try to apply to the general audience, and the, you know they can say, oh, you know, go ahead and watch Clone Wars and figure that out. But then when you have something like this Rancor, where they're obviously teasing 
we, we know that they've got it. We know that it got there. So now the general audience is kind of like, okay, yeah, this is the Rancor. And then us are like, well, I hate to be a gatekeeper, but technically, and then we get into our long rants. And it's, it, you know, it's stuff like that where I kind of get, you know, it's same with the Vader 25, which I brought well, up, the Vader 25 issue that- where it's like, we don't have yeah, to gatekeep because we can just say, oh, yeah, you might think that. But actually, you know, the, yeah. it, it can be there, there's nothing contradictory in it. And it ends up expanding the story. If that's Jabba's rancor in Return of the Jedi, then it's just a linear point and There's not much more to it. But having it be a different one, a female versus a male, a different name versus a male. Then there's story to be told as to Jabba breeding them or the brother, sister, the dad, whatever of the the rank where we've seen in Jedi. So there's something to not being so straightforwardly linear. And the other thing I'll say about Maul and Solo, my general audience uh, fans that went with me kind of thing, whatever, they just thought he was a, thought it was a, another one of that type guy yeah just an, another another game. yeah another one of them they're they're bad guys or whatever and God, wasn't two of them is getting worse was. all the time because <laughs> that's another interesting question in mall or in solo do they i don't think they actually ever say that that's mall do they so so my, my, my general audience fan uh, friends took it that way in terms of yes. Of, of oh it's just another one of those bad guys like like that guy that got killed and sliced in half or whatever you know I, I and then if you get into the long-winded rant of oh that's actually the same guy and if you want to learn more about it go watch the clone wars it's not that you have to in order to know who that is but mm. if you want to know more about why he's there when you thought he was dead you can go dive into this awesome show that is the clone wars and find out about it I had no idea yeah, about I was the, never a fan of Rancor. Back, so. I had no idea about the Rancor backstory until this episode. I had to go up and look look it up. I'm like, and like I, I consume a lot of Star Wars stuff, but oh, yeah. that's like something I didn't really know about. You know about the whole how he got him as a birthday present and all that stuff. But uh, well, it's interesting. Well, I had Legend. read the Aftermath trilogy and I didn't remember that detail at all. I mean, it it must have been some really really tangential moment in in that second Aftermath book. Um, yeah, I had no memory of it. Um, it's amazing how you get so much content, is it? Because I've never spent, I've not spent one second wondering how that rancor got into Jabba's. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. To me. Oh, that's it's the beauty of Star Wars storytelling, right there. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure there's. I a love, little I love the Amiga's. Um, hey, what are you doing sneaking around there? I'm not sneaking. I'm, I'm opening the cage or whatever the line was. That was, that was a right bit clever bit of writing. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. of. of of, of you know her getting caught and she's like i'm not caught you guys got to deal with what's coming out of the cage well do we know how um how old rancors live for generally mm. we saw no one in, didn't we see one in the clone wars didn't anakin and them have to fight off a rancor maybe on on mortis or somewhere no, there, were, there were two gundarks they had to fight uh, so um, yeah so um, never I seen a rancor, rancor before Somewhere I thought we saw a rancor. Maybe rebels? a video. I'm thinking a video game. Anyway, right. I don't know that we've seen a well, time. Public uh, video game. Because <laughs> we've only seen one die at the hands of a Jedi. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I would also want to say about this episode that uh, personally, I loved seeing Ord Mantell for the first time depicted visually. Yeah. Um, and Listen. maybe this sort of shows my age, but in the early 80s, I believe it was 82 or 83, there was a half hour audio drama called rebel mission to ord mantel which gave the full story of the events that are briefly alluded to in empire strikes back really it was uh, audio yeah. it was just an audio book yeah type of thing, it, or there were audio. a series of audio books during that period there was planet of the hoojibs and there was uh droid world yeah. and there was rebel mission to ord mantel 
And that that cassette of Rebel Mission Ord Mantell, my friends and I listened to that to to death. Like that was, was a big cassette part of only? my. It wasn't an actual book. It was a cassette and a vinyl. It was it was a record and it had wow. no. There was no book. It was no book. It was, okay, it was so a short it was story. Stric- it was strictly it was, a, a a that type of content. It um, was a storybook. It was a story uh, fold in with the record if you bought the record and it was just the cassette if you bought the cassette and not the record and it was a half hour and none of the voices were from original actors it was all other actors playing all of the parts of 3po and han and uh leia and luke but it was not by anthony daniels wow right yeah but it was a great thing and it was such an integral part of my star wars experience as a kid in between empire strikes back and return of the jedi and they really established Jordan Mantell in this audio story as um, as this bustling uh, spaceport world. And uh, there were sound effects and whatnot, but this was the first time in, in uh, Bad Batch where we actually saw Ord Mantell. And to me, seeing that come to life was really super exciting. Would you uh, say they did it justice to what? They your, did. Your, I uh, think so. Your mind projected as to what you heard from that audiobook all those years. Yeah. Very cool. So hopefully they knew it as source material or utilized it or otherwise helped to write visually paint a picture that was painted by an audio cassette years and years right. ago. That's awesome. Uh, what was interesting, though, to me is that they depicted it as a relatively barren world, almost like a tundra or a desert with pockets of these, you know, spaceports on it. Instead of it being more like I had imagined it more like uh, Coruscant, actually. I mean, this is long before Coruscant was even a thing. It, it's weird um, because uh, I remember that planet from Shadows of the Empire video game where you fight IG-88. And it's okay. like a junk planet. Yeah, think- yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Because I never played that game. I never yeah. played any games, really. Uh, but that's interesting that we've had other, you know, other mentions of it before, but now this is the first time where it's like coming together. W- did you feel, uh, Ricky, that um, that this was in conjunction with or, or parallel to the visual depiction of it in the game? I thought it looked pretty much the same. I mean, I think on that, it's been years since I played that game, but um, yeah, I mean, it if I remember correctly, you're kind of like, you know, doing a shootout around, uh, it pretty much looks like you're in like a scrapyard or something like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and that's well, kind, of, if, kind of had the same kind of feel. You know? If anyone wants, um, I can, you know, put up the Rebel Mission to Ord Mantell digital file for people to check out if they want to. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be uh, great. Because I have it, yeah. So uh, it, it's Mantell or is it Mandel? It's, it's Mantell and... Harrison Ford mispronounced it in that particular take of Empire Strikes Back. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. He said Ord Mandel in the movie, but, he's but it's Ord Mandel. Ah, he's first. Why Why is him saying Ord Mandel not what all the source stuff that comes after? It was in the yeah. script as Ord Mandel. And oh, all so of the they... documentation, the novelization, the comic book, and everything had the T. Um, and so Harrison they... Ford just pronounced it differently <laughs> and they never ADR'd it because no one cared. I want to say it's just the other hand Han, it was Mandel. Right? No, that's not Han Han because it's a T and a D. How do you how do you get just Man, 
Mandel out of a of a T. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I don't. I call I call foul on that one. But <laughs> it, it speaks volumes to how things got created after the fact. That right, as source material and this cassette thing that got made after the movie, people aren't referencing the movie. They weren't uber fans at the time because they didn't get to watch it 500 times because we didn't have we had VHS sure. at the time and all that. So the source, the 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 power or the people that are making it think he say Mantel because they haven't watched the movie 500 times yet sure. that they're looking at the script and we get things that say Mantel but he says Mandel that's, that's yeah awesome. Corban Moraband kind of thing where it's like different uh like decanonized planets you know I don't the, know I mean the Sith or, planet was like Moraband and now it's Moraband in Clone Wars so I, I just feel that it was like Harrison Ford mispronouncing it and n- it's not as extreme as Corban Moraband uh because I mean, those are more obvious changes. Um, let me see if I can find an image that I like, can Like, is it Omega guys. or Omega? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's also what, yeah, that's this is what confused me about... Because um, there's planets... Me too. <laughs> there's planets with similar names to Alderaan, isn't it? We had it in this thing, Onderon, and that kind of Onderon, stuff. And I think there's, another, there's and another one. And it keeps... It keeps yeah, and it, uh, uh, sometimes that just... Yes, for a split second with my dyslexic um, head, I'm there. Yeah, you know, I have to spend about five or ten seconds trying to work it in my head because um, it's a bit slow. Um, and you have like, Christophsis and Mishmoftis. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we have Tatooine and Dantooine also. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that's not the same place though, right? Those are two different places. Yeah, they're two different right. places. Well, just like uh, Onderon and and Alderaan are two different places as well. Yes, well, yes. yeah. Where, where are the rebels? They're on Shmavin. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very on because we're, we're, we're coming up to the last 10 minutes or so here so the latest episode which is just a mere two days ago um so we should all be able to remember this one um even me um was the episode six was a decommissioned which is when uh sid ha- hires the bad batch to retrieve a separatist tactical droid for its battle in- intel before it's destroyed at a caribbean decommissioned site so I have to say, I just I thought this this episode for me was pretty much when I for me I felt like the the season had really I don't know just something just clicked in this one for me. Not that I hadn't enjoyed the previous ones, but I just felt like this had everything has started to come together and that this episode was just a on it's back on its way up. I mean, you had the had the open episode which is near near darn perfect for me. Then it's slight you know slightly. De- down again but i think now we're really starting to ramp up again in terms of uh, interest and excitement and stuff i did like the inclusion of the uh, the martez sisters we, we were kind of all excited yeah I, as soon as up. i saw them yeah. i thought oh my god i can hear the uh the nays like, oh, cool. going oh my god it's those sisters again yeah. but i mean but, i i didn't dislike them in the clone wars instead of having like random characters you know play yeah. that part you know you have these the two that kind of have been established a little bit already it's, it's, oh, this wasn't their first time? They were in Clone Wars? Yeah, they were in Clone Wars. They were in yeah. the last season of Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, every episode, I think, so far has had that aha moment for, like, you know, fans that, that consume you know, a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you got the Rancor thing, and then you got, you know, this stuff. There, there's, there's, and then the, um, what she's using that uh, bow and arrow from the yep. Night Sisters, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so that, I mean, there's a lot of cool references, you know, Easter eggs, I guess, if uh, you know, for for the hardcore people. And... I just thought everything inside that um, decommissioning thing was just brilliant. The, 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 it's it's it's, I mean, it's classic um, cartoon stuff, really, isn't it? The chase and losing it and then grabbing it and then somebody else has got it and that kind of stuff. We've seen it all before, but it's still great fun. 
I, I got to go back and watch Clone Wars because I think I remember Echo doing that same trick with the Apparently, head of the Apparently, he had uh, droid. Did do it before. Yeah, yeah. I, saw that and so I was reading stuff and they said, oh, he done the, the Echo joke again. Yeah. Well, that was brilliant. I actually laughed out when, when that happened. Is there an Echo in here? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just brilliant. They heard our last episode, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry? We, they heard our last episode when you had an echo, remember? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that, that was really funny, though. That was, I mean, I don't think that's ever going to get old, really, unless they do it every... I think they got a good mix of, like, humorous stuff and, and you know, the action and all that. It, it, it's been... Yeah. I, I've enjoyed the yeah. series a lot so far. Like, and then... Yeah, who who had thought that that uh, hologram at the end was actually Ahsoka? I don't I see it. That never crossed my mind. No. For a very brief moment, I think I initially did, but I leaned towards Rex. Or Bale. My first was Bale. Okay. Or Ryder Asadi. That could be another guy from uh, Rebels. I'm trying not to make too big of a guess, so it's not like a letdown. So it's like, I'll just, I've been avoiding all the guesses on it because it's like, if it's somebody mediocre, then it's like, oh, I guess that's okay. <laughs> so I usually, I usually try to do that. You know, immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, is it some crazy Sith guy? And I'm like, nope, don't do that. Don't come up with these crazy theories. Just kind of be like, okay, let's just see where it plays out. Because, you know, any guess in be- your mind is usually way bigger than what it actually is. So I for the moon, do you think it could be Obi-Wan, you know? Some idea too. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. the sisters Don't have make a connection that big of an to idea. Ahsoka. <laughs> the, the sisters have a connection to Ahsoka. So, you know, if you haven't seen them, yes, um, that's true. That's so true. Yes. Whoever they got in contact with might be because of her. So, I mean, it could well be Rex. You know. So, it you seems know. shady to me. Like they it seemed seem a like, like I don't know the characters, but it seemed like. Uh, Hunter wanted to do the right thing, and he's like, you know what? I want to try doing something the right thing. And then they gave it to him, and then there's just kind of way that played out. It's like, all right, we got the information. And then they didn't show the character. So it seemed a little shady. Like, again, I don't know their previous story, but it seemed like they're kind of going towards the, I don't want to say always, dark side. She's you know something the, up her sleeve. She's kind of like a, yeah. a Lando kind of uh, Almost like an Aphra thing. Not, you know, yeah, Aphra's involved in the yeah. worst part. They're of not it. bad people, that's for sure. But they okay. could easily be manipulated by yeah. um, me with no connection to start to Clone Wars. Yeah. It certainly yeah. had the intention that I'm like, ooh, yeah, you, Hunter may have yeah. made the wrong decision. He yeah. was trying to yeah. do something good, but he may have just screwed up big time. Yeah, I'm going to think that's exactly why it was couched that way. This needs to be a standalone story. You don't necessarily. It's not. It's not the Clone Wars season eight. So it's bad batch. So for somebody that's having Clone Wars. <laughs> You need to be um, a little cagey about who these characters are or whatever, but those of us in the know kind of also are like, wait, yeah, so it, it very very much needs, it seems to be built around that part that this is its own standalone show. Let's make these characters be where they need to be in, in that scene and that caginess aspect of it. So yeah, that's a really neat thing to have, have like those characters introduced to somebody who hasn't seen Clone Wars and like, oh. There, there's other stories with with these people, and and the same thing with uh, Fennec. You know, if they establish her a little bit more, I mean that that's totally cool. It's like you're in, you know, to maybe go yeah, take a look at those like stories. You hunters, know. hunters trying to do something right, but then it's like, well, did he actually just make it yeah. worse? Did he you just, know, do something. That's that's the connection I'm feeling, not knowing anything about the characters. It's yeah, seeing, you know, like, showing the person at the end, and it, it could be the cliffhanger where they want you to feel like that, but then next episode they're like okay, well, no, they're actually good. And you kind of have this relief. And it's like, oh, okay, it's someone of the, you know, lighter side. I wonder if we'll find out who Sid was going to give it to. 
You know, like I, I want to know well, like, yeah, what, I mean, how much what, does anybody who would trust benefit from having that? You know, like, who would benefit from having you know the the plans of the clones? And I would think Echo would have a lot more, you know, of their battle strategies already because that was kind of like why they rescued him, you know, from that. Uh, I forgot what planet that he was on when they yeah, had yeah, him hooked up to that machine because he. Sid doesn't know that, does he? Yeah, he was using, um, you know, the plans. Yeah, 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 well, I guess yeah, yeah, maybe they never told. I mean, she wouldn't know. So yeah, I mean, they could just use Echo. <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm wondering with Sid how much to, how much one can as, as you can trust anybody in the world, how much they can trust her not to be. Uh, she's probably not going to dub them in because she probably sees some value in them anyway. So she string yeah. them along until they're not of any value um, to her. But uh, I could, I, I, yeah, I can't quite work out whether she's that kind of one who um, would. No, well, she really doesn't care. Give them away. Care if they destroy her cantina, obviously. So. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, the other yeah, thing, I, thing about that episode, um, having been to uh, Batu, the the droid factory had had a very um, um, the Disney park has a droid building factory uh, area where you can build your own droid. And it was oh, the, yeah, it did kind of, of, of that. It was the conveyor belts, the way yeah. they the parts oh. kind of scattered all over it. And that was that was something I noticed and picked up on. I was like, well, that's kind of a neat, not that it's that plant or not that area of Batu or whatever, but it was just a, a in-universe kind of construct that, that carried through or whatever that I thought was kind of neat. They didn't have the stickers for sale on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they were decommissioning I mean, them. So, right, yeah, they're just uh, <laughs> taking them apart. We talk, I mean, we talk about the Clone Wars and animation and that kind of stuff, how that improved this series. But, I mean, this Bad Batch, it's just like the next level again, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. absolutely, it's gorgeous to watch, I have to say. Cinematically everything. stunning and, and very much in line with the style of the final season of Clone Wars, which was really just so remarkable. Beautiful, beautiful. It's just so much to look at. You could almost take a still and put it on your yeah. wall, couldn't you? Oh, absolutely. There's so much detail. There. Yeah, and, and just the lighting, uh, the sense of lighting and the sense of texture on every object and on the skin and on the armor and everything is just really, so the, really The rich. episode um, when they were, like, uh, getting chased by Fennec, that, that looked great. That reminded me mm. of like, oh, episode yeah. two, yeah. like, the, you know, the future world, you know, place, you know, little city. Like, that that was awesome. Right? And they're speeding through that, like, all the neon lights and all that. So it, looked, it looked awesome. Yeah, really yeah. incredible. It was mentioned the cinematic. I do the Star Wars card trader, and they do a series um, for the for the Bad Batch, and yeah, it's just stills of the episodes, and yeah, it, they're awesome to look at, even on my yeah. tiny little phone. I haven't been on there collecting. for a while. I wish they do, you know, real cards, but anyway. So yeah, it is it is very cinematic and very well done, very gorgeous. And we did the Disney cruise, and one of the celebrities, if you will, was the lighting director from the Clone Wars, whatever, and went and sat in on his thing, whatever, and it ended up being very fascinating to listen to and to learn how much what goes into all of that and came away from that with a huge appreciation as to how much time, energy and effort they put into that to make the lighting work so that it looks cinematic. So that it looks real that yeah, I know I'm watching a cartoon, but I don't think I'm watching a cartoon. I don't, I, it, you know, it really di get into the characters in the world and the areas and the things. The only time I ever really notice it as being animated is when they make somebody walk like down a hallway or to the bar or just when somebody's got to walk like four or five steps, the, the gate just always looks animated for, for whatever reason. But the rest of it is like someone says, just very beautiful, very well yeah. done, very cinematic and much appreciated by any, even everybody that works on it. Truly. Yeah. I would agree too, that the gate and posture 
of characters are really the last the last frontiers. The only thing that you know they haven't really really improved. Um, everything else. Just, Everyone kind of uh, walks like Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, they walk really super stiff, uh, like they have like they're trying to keep something up their butt or something. You know. <laughs> I was going to say that. But that's going to that, that was going to be my um, wild card for the reveal at the end of the episode that it's Jar Jar that they're um, working for. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that, that would make mine and Ricky's day, but. Um, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I would love to see Jar Jar somewhere in this uh, Bad Batch stuff, I have to say. But I, th- I think um, in all but name, this is really um, Clone Wars Season 8. I know yes. for us, for yeah. us really. I, but but also with the element that anybody can just start watching it from, from the Bad Batch and they can go back and fill themselves in on some of the stuff they missed. But as I, in all but name, it is really season eight and you can just tell with Filoni on board he's just thrown in everything that is references and everything you've seen before in, in the Clone Wars it's just continuing it along there's going to be more of it for sure that's time to so they're tricking me so rather yeah. than the fear of like oh I have to go back and watch seven seasons now it's like oh this is a new series and they're like mm, we got you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly there's going to be so many it's going to be so many easter eggs and stuff that we're, we're all other people will talk about you go damn it I'm going to have to watch I'm going to have to watch this all now. But, I mean, I, you're watching this Bad Batch stuff, and I just get lost in it. You know, as soon as it's on, and, you like, you're watching it, uh, you're, like, you're in that world right away, and you just get lost in it right away. It's just so gorgeous and just so yeah, lovely. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I mean, you know, when you're watching some of the other Clone Wars stuff, I mean, as great as, they, as, great as Clone Wars stuff, you don't get lost in it thinking that they're there because everything just looks, in the first two or three seasons, looks so cartoony that you can... Right actually ever believe that you were there but in these ones you can you can really you yeah. can really think you're there that's just absolutely gorgeous they treated this as a standalone series they didn't they they were mm. conscious of it and, and we all know it wink wink as, as the clone wars episode eight but they didn't come into it like that they're treating it as a standalone series properly so that you don't have to have that seven series seven uh, seasons worth uh, ahead of you you can, you yeah, can I don't feel lost. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel yeah, lost. That. They're, they're doing that good. Yeah. The 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 one difference I feel, which I don't know, people might view as either bad or good, is that uh, this is much more of a singular storyline than Clone Wars. Clone Wars really was able to follow threads of a lot okay. of different yeah. uh, characters all over the galaxy at you know the same time, and there was like. There was an Ahsoka arc and an Anakin arc and an Obi-Wan arc and then back to Anakin and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas this is really just following these five people throughout a singular uh, storyline. Um, some people might not like that aspect of it, you know, as opposed to the Clone Wars. But I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I feel like there's still a lot tied in. Even though they're the main ones, there's a lot tied in. Like, I'm interested. What are the because the Kaminoans seem pretty mad. So I'm interested to see what happens to them. You know, Tarkin's view, his anti-clone view, but now he's like, okay, I'll try this clone with Crosshair. You know, all the and now uh, what's going on with Wrecker? But there's a lot of stuff going on around that I'm like, more of the universe. Like I said, the Kaminoans and Tarkin is, you know, and even uh, anybody else that kind of appears up. Those are the big ones where I'm like, I want to see, because obviously cloning is the big thing with the sequels and Palpatine returning. So it's like that. I'm really happy they included the chain code because. That was one of the things that popped up in The Mandalorian. I'm like, oh, you can just track anyone with a chain code now? And now it's it's almost a backstory to The Mandalorian. It's like, right. okay, this is 
this is when they did that. This is why they're doing it. I'm like, okay, even though it's, you know, dicey at times, uh, sometimes you just got to accept the kayfabe and be like, okay, this is the reason anything else might be too difficult to explain. Fine, see, by you me. So it's interesting use, to see uh, this is why. When you don't use good cloners, you get Snoke, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, Exegol's just really just eating it then. So the, <laughs> I can just picture Palpatine being like, so who's your cloner? Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Here, write this down. Oh, Cameron Owens, I, I destroyed them. My bad. So well, I did like the callback to uh, Wrecker's uh, Fear of Heights. from. Uh, yes, from that was nice. That yeah. was effective. Um, I'm totally right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, though. Like, My guess, though, is that the way that they've established this show, they will not return to a story arc of the Cameron Owens unless the Bad Batch connects with them. They won't have a separate spin-off set of episodes or arc about the Kalmanoans or other characters. Like, it seems like the way that they're establishing the story, like, the only way that we're going to see anything on screen is if the Bad Batch are directly interacting with them. Maybe, unless uh, Tan Wee wants uh, Omega back for some reason, or, you know, if she had some kind right. of endgame. But that's how yeah, once there's, we would once get there's back no to reveals it. With Omega. Yeah. Right, right. There's definitely more to come from the Kalmanoans, or whatever you ever say it. There's a lot more to come from them. For sure. And there's still a lot from the, uh, the, the prequel stuff we don't know. And then, um, like, why is Fennec chasing them? Like, who is she working for? You know, like, why does she want the kid? Well, I was almost convinced that she was hired by the Kamenians. Um, So I don't know. what that's Maybe it's just what I've got in my head. Probably. No, yeah, but maybe, said uh, that. I, I'm wondering that, too. But, you know, she would know who the Bad Batch were if she was sent there by the Kamenians. True. She well, would have went as a friend to them, you know. Well, one one backstory that we never really have gotten thoroughly is the um oh now I'm blanking on the some name. Tech, some, some tech, uh, no, yeah. no, the uh the um yeah. oh gosh, the the one guy that uh Sifo Diaz. Sifo I mean he shows up yeah. in the Clone Wars very briefly and that one scene where he sort of like has his little exposition about what happened, like it was so brief and I kept rewinding the show, like the same 30 seconds just to try and gather it all and make sure mm. the subtitles were on. And it still went by so fast that I feel like that stuff has just not been thoroughly explained or maybe from the Kaminoan point of view. Uh, so, yes. yeah, I always hope for more of that, I guess. Yeah, it's hard to think that they got played, you know, and assuming that they didn't know who Obi-Wan was when he showed up. Like, they seem a right. little, you know, more onto things than that. Like, oh, like, okay, we'll just take it, you know, take it at right. face value that you're the guy that's supposed to be here, you know. You're now the new point man or something. But then um, you're like, who who was paying for them before? Like, who funded right. it initially? I mean, I assume mm-hmm. that Palpatine was paying for it yeah. through Dooku and Dooku through Sifo well, Diaz. Dooku was or rich, so. Yeah. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, there's so much of Palpatine playing both sides of the war which is, you know, one of the most interesting aspects of that era, that how much was he paying for both sides of the war? I mean, it's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, I know people go on about the politics and that kind of stuff um, in in the prequels, but yeah, I think I've found it a lot more interesting. Maybe it's because we're we're aging with it, but uh, it's become a lot more interesting as time goes on, all that uh, political and uh, skullduggery and stuff going on in the background. Yeah, it's it's funny that the interesting part is like seeing the Senate now, (laughs) when it was like mentioned in one sentence in The New Hope. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so who, who are we betting on? Who is the uh, the, the hologram? What did the at, subtitle at the say? 
Yeah, <laughs> they were not. They were not very helpful. Well, they I didn't speak. They that they, we never heard the they voice. Never oh, okay. didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. Hologram. Yeah. Just being like a hum or something like right. that. Right. <laughs> Maybe they were just humming a tune. You know. <laughs> It's somebody who wears clothes. That's all I can be sure. My, my first, my, <laughs> They're not yeah. naked. That's all we know. No. My, my first thought was Bale. But yeah, um, I, I have to say, too. I would be a little bit disappointed if it was. Only because what I said before is I just didn't think that they got their act together that quickly after mm. the whole Order 66. I was thinking that's years away. And we've had rebels to establish the whole right. rebellion side of things. Yeah, I would I be disappointed. He would have had to start somewhere. You know, my thought first certainly was Ahsoka just because of the connection with Rafa and Trace. Yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah. and that they somehow managed to stay in touch. But yeah, who knows? We'll we'll Mm. have to see. I mean, that's obviously we're not even a third of the way through the show, through the season. Yeah, it's only been like what six episodes? (laughs) Six. Well, oh, so we're we're past the third way, but not much. It's six out of sixteen. Um, Mm. so yeah, we're what thirty-seven percent or whatever that amounts to. Assumingly, they're doing the whole sixteen one after the other, not having a mid-season break. Definitely a strong strong choice because of the connection to it. But the way they said that made you think uh, maybe Hunter gave the wrong, you know, that they're playing the both sides. The way they say that last line kind of doesn't let you think it's Ahsoka. It wouldn't have been said as 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 shady it was said. And that's kind of what leads me against Rex a little bit, too. But I, I can't imagine the Martez sisters in league with somebody uh, nefarious. So it might just be the way way we, we hear that last line to some extent. Mm. It's somebody yeah, it's that wants to be somebody to know. that's against the empire. So or I think Bale's a decent guest. Yeah, or mm. even the bounty, you know, bounty hunters that would need it for money, or Bale, who's obviously hasn't been a fan of Palpatine's takeover. I mean, he was there with the, you know, this is how democracy dies, thunderous applause. So he's known. He's like, okay, I'm gonna have to start preparing for this. Mm. So I want. I don't know. It's, it's, there's so many directions they could go in. You know, like is it gonna be, you know construction of the rebellion is it going to be you know a tangent like saw is it going to be a jedi you know it's, well, it's not going to pan out whatever it is because it never shows up again <laughs> well so but i mean it could be a connection between show. it could be a connection between bail or ahsoka or some other character and the bad batch tying in more characters ah. to each other uh, that could be the the sole purpose of that interaction that oh, we what are i'm saying i'm just rewatching that little bit here as you're talking and they say patch him through so it's yeah. not a she yeah. no, it's a him. um so it can't be uh, um unless it's it fulcrum be. and it's ahsoka's voice disguised like fulcrum mm. was in season one of rebel yeah but they wouldn't be full she wouldn't be fulcrum in with them because that's they're her friends yeah that's uh, true that's true. That's an, oh, what if it is crosshair? I, I just thought like that. You know, he could be. Oh well, yeah, actually, yeah. that's true. He might. Um, yeah, you so think they didn't show him this episode, but they did. You know. So there's the there's a screenshot. So um, if you uh, zoom that off, yeah, so it's got it's a it is a cloak with something around. It, so it's it's wrapping around a it's few layers. Boba Fett. Yeah, it's hard it's, to it, tell. It be, I mean, is that a collar and a sash on a shoulder? It's Junior Caesar. It's hard. It, 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 I mean, it seems very unlikely that's more. It's Geode in a robe. Geode in a robe. I will accept um, that. Yes. Uh, Start to have a stony face. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I'm thinking. It just seems all odds on for Bale, doesn't it? I, I don't, I don't really want it to be Bale, I have to say. But um, <laughs> I'm definitely getting Tatooine vibes think... from the uh, matting and on all the uh, 
you know, the stuff, the texture of that cloth. So it looks like somebody. Do you see some desert. sand there, do you? Yeah, I see sand. It's coarse and it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just actually moving up and just rewatching a bit, like a little bit, and just actually turn turn slightly in that uh, hologram. It's, oh, yeah. oh, it's the classic turn around to face them sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it makes me wonder hmm. how soon within season one that character will be revealed. Will it be the next episode? Will it be the end of the season? Will it be somewhere in the middle? Hard to say. You know, it's funny because I rewatch Rebels and like I when at the time I felt like it took them forever to reveal Ahsoka. It was like two episodes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it was the end of season one, wasn't it? It was the, it was the final episode of season yeah but one they mentioned Vulcan, like the maybe line. they mentioned her like maybe twice like previous episodes yeah yeah that's true and then they show the reveal thing yeah but like i i felt like that dragged on for like two seasons and then i watched them, like oh that was like the beginning of the, the season <laughs> <for> the <person."> <laughs> <laughs> so who knows it might be three episodes from now or the you know finale so so i mean i was thinking that when do we think wrecker's gonna um go ape go ape on them is yeah, that he bumps his head one more old... time <laughs> why well, say that is that's I was just thinking um, that's got to be the lead, the connection to them seeking out Rex. I would, I would have thought. But is that going to be like um, the end of the series? Are they going to lose these guys one not, by it's one? It's not going to be that long. It's not going to be that like, long. Is, is Hunter going to be the last one standing? You know, and, and they're all going to end up getting turned. Like, that could prove interesting. Well, yeah, I, I mean that brings up a broader issue, which is how are they going to end this series? And uh, you know, will they die? Will they, you know, wind up connecting with Rex or any of the other clones? Where are they in the story after this show? In the so larger, assuming we're going to have more than one season of this. I mean, yeah, I assume three or yeah. four seasons. Um, I mean, you assume like Rebels, like when they meet Rex, he would have been like, "Oh, let me call up Hunter and Wrecker." You know, if we right? That's <laughs> a problem, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a part of the problem with like developing a larger story arc for these time periods with new characters when we don't know where those characters would be later on i mean that's why the end of rogue one is brilliant because you know disney created a film where all the leads die um and so you can make backstories <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like andor prequels yeah, and that kind of stuff yeah yeah i'd say we still don't know exactly where the where the, the season is going um, yeah, i just think it can't be too long before record goes a bit ape on them and that's part of the fun too i'm, I'm so glad they're like releasing these as the actual series and not you know, all at once. All yeah. at once. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they stuck with that, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. It's, it's been great so far, though. So I, I haven't been. It's been must see every. And also, every we week. don't know what's next, do we? Unlike a lot of these things, there's no preview for the next next week. Now we, we're still none the wiser. What's coming next week? Yeah. Yeah. Until the day, and that, uh, that's, they're not uh, doing the same great. thing like they did with the uh, with rebels, where they would release. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this happens next week. You know. Oh like, yeah, week, those were good. Yeah. Those were really cool. Right. The sneak peek things are not doing that with this one, so it's like that was totally... on the Star Wars show, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's now defunct completely. Uh, they're doing like periodic episodes, I think once a month or something like oh, that. Okay, and the but nothing show is like with Andy on. Gutierrez and just sort of like hanging out, walking through Lucasfilm and everything. I don't know. I know that I don't know. Yeah. I know they're taking no, a hiatus. There's no after show for this at all, is there? That's yeah, no, kind of unusual yeah. for uh, for these cartoon um, Star Wars cartoon stuff. No after show at all. Yeah, that weekly just, Star Wars just so we can see like, Pablo with his cup of coffee, not answering the question again, and that kind of stuff. But to be honest, I never watched any of those Rebel Recon shows or any of that stuff because uh, oh, they weren't for, they weren't very good. Well, Apart I mean, I just didn't want to know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I, I like just you know going in cold. 
you know, just ended up having Chopper going around causing chaos in in the in the, in the place. Um, then Pablo being arrogant and not answering the question that he was given by by a fan, um, <laughs> and just some just some random stuff. And then the clip, yeah, it was it wasn't a lot in it. I do miss the talking uh, Yoda statue. <laughs> I, I don't I don't miss that at all. I, I I was watching the Rebels Recon shows because I couldn't watch the shows. I didn't get whatever oh. channel it was on, and it was my only means oh, of knowing at all Disney what XD, was going yeah. on in the story. For the first two seasons, I didn't get to see the oh, show, no. so I was only getting those snippets, and that was sort of my right. that was my fix. <laughs> that must have been infuriating. It was it was frustrating, yeah, but it was like the only thing that I was able to do. And then I wound up getting them all on uh, Blu-ray one at a time and enjoying mm-hmm. them that way. Excellent. Well, well, so anybody got anything dying, dying last thoughts to say? Say it now, forever hold their peace. Well, I did just want to mention to the four of you that on the Senate chat, I placed the images of the front and back of... Rebel Mission to Ord Mantell, as well as a link to the MP3 that's on the Force.net um, oh. archives. So you can listen oh, to that full that. half hour. There are a few artifacts, a few like audio glitches in that MP3, um, but it's still very listenable, and you can get a sense of what the story was that Han Solo was referring to in the Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, I'll put that link in there when I post this uh, episode on YouTube, so that way people listen. Sure, to that'd be great. Yeah, our, our Swedish fans are going to love yes. that. Shout out to <laughs> hello to everybody in Sweden. Okay, thanks to you everybody. See you on the other side. Have a good day for you yeah. guys. Cheers. May the force be with you. See you. Okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>